is the main event. What you gonna do? If you're so mad, best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. Woo! Yeah! Ooh, yeah. I am the game. Costoco said so. Oh my god! What I'd like to have right now. Rest in peace, Waterrush. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. Are you ready? Everyone has a price. Yeah, I come here to fight. Sandy innovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. Introducing your old school pro wrestling nostalgia podcast, Beyond the Bell. Finally, Beyond the Bell has returned on the SNS Radio Network. I'm your old school host, Sean Beckerman, finally back with you to cover all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. Welcome back, guys. It's been a long, long time. Welcome back, boys and girls. It's been a while. And I'll explain why, but we are back. This edition was supposed to come out a couple of weeks ago, but we finally have it out for you to listen to, and we have more coming over the next several weeks and months as Beyond the Bell is back in the podcast world. Now, as I am addicted to WWE Supercard, I'm not sure why, but I am. M. Let me explain to you guys where I've been over the past few months. Yes, it seemed as if I have evaporated. Uh, as of September 3rd of this past year, my wife gave birth to my second boy, my baby boy, Paxson Beckerman, has arrived, and I am so excited to be a father of a two-time boys club. Yes. Not Dalton Castle's boys, but my second boy in the Beckerman family. And that, to say the least, has kept me quite busy over the past few months. Plus, my professional job has had me traveling and been quite busy. So, unfortunately, I haven't been able to put out new shows for you from September on. And that's a lot to miss. A quarter of the year gone. And I apologize for being absent for all these months. And I am in the process right now of reactivating all of our feeds back up on Stitcher. Tune in radio is going back up. We had an instance where ringannouncing.com and btbcast.com was down, but they are both back up. But we will be transitioning and merging both of those sites into one. More on that later. But I wanted to get this edition out and part two of this edition distributed to you fans as soon as possible i wanted to continue on with the tradition of the end of year celebration for beyond the bell yes this is your nostalgia podcast but this is one of the few times in which we talk about the current product and i will talk about your the comments some of the fans or non-fans of Beyond the Bell have made as I've been able to have the time to read as I am trying to get my three, four-month-old to sleep. Some of the comments you guys have made late, late at night, 
So this week we continue the ritual as we're not just your typical best of show talking about everything throughout the year, but I have a twist on it. And if you know Beyond the Bell, you know we talk about the best promos of the year and this year is no different. But we break it up into two parts this year. That's the the little twist we have for you fans for this edition as part one and part two, two parts of the best promos of 2015. There's been a lot of bad wrestling, but there have been some pretty good promos considering the environment that a lot of WWE superstars are in. They still produced some solid content. Tonight we cover the entire professional wrestling landscape as I myself have had the opportunity as well these past few months to watch a lot of wrestling outside of WWE as well. New Japan Pro Wrestling, I've become a huge fan. New Japan World member, a recently gained member as I have been able to enjoy so much of that product. Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, I am a Dalton Castle fan. And a little bit of TNA, but to me, they, they've been quite frustrating. But New Japan Pro Wrestling, to me, has been it. The organization to watch. So entertaining. Such a great presentation. Not as glitz and glamour. You know, not all the glam stuff as WWE. But the in-ring work is excellent. But that is for another time. Before we kick off this special best of 2015 promo edition, I was able to look back, like I just mentioned previously, at some of the comments you fans. I mean, it's a lot of you wondering where I am, wishing Beyond the Bell would come back, and I thank you all. A lot of people on Twitter uh, DMing me uh, with such great comments about the show and the production of the show, and I. I'm so grateful, and I thank all you fans, and that's why I am bringing the show back for you fans, because you love it, and I want the show to grow, and I want to share and celebrate knowledge all together. I want to promote the Beyond the Bell Facebook page more, and I hope to get more interaction with you fans on the BTB Facebook site, so that will be happening in the weeks to come. That's one of my main priorities, focusing on what we have. I think part of the problem was, and is, I'm trying to change as a resolution, is to focus on what we have instead of growing so much. I wanted to do so much with the show instead of focusing growing and growing with what we have. And that's what I want to do. We're going to grow the Facebook page. We're going to focus on the content of Beyond the Bell and focus on giving you fans what you want. Now, some comments people have made, I read on iTunes or people emailing me or through other sites as well that were distributed, that some of the facts are wrong and I'm off on certain things. Now, I'll create a fact-checking thread. We can follow if you want to put it on btbcast.com. I'm more than welcome to do that, as I do want to open up forums on there. Um, you want to email me with a fact-check, and I'll, I'll correct it on the, the following week's show. We can do that. Um, and I just want you guys to know, it's not intentional, some of the facts that I get wrong. Sometimes there may be a misconception. I'm writing so much of this content down that at the time I may be writing down my thoughts, and I may, may miss interpret what I write down as a thought and may come off different on air as I'm talking, if that makes sense. may not translate exactly from what my notes say to what I actually say 
on the microphone on the show. Uh, for instance, an example was the Boiler Room Brawl match. I stated the only one ever since the WWE held a Boiler Room Brawl match, and none has ever, have ever been seen since. And, of course, in my notes, we meant to say as well, in SummerSlam history, I know there have been other Boiler Room Brawls, but I forgot that caveat as I'm writing through all my notes and running down all my, all my archive comments, and, and that's how I keep organized. It's a run sheet, in a sense, so I can go through it and make sure I'm organized and keep all my facts and dates and historical notes in order. So things like that I apologize for. Um, I hope to get it right most of the time. If there's things you think I'm completely off on, please let me know. I apologize. I pride myself on giving you fans accurate information and knowledge about the history of professional wrestling that we all can share there will be times i'm wrong yes i'm not perfect i've been watching wrestling for over three decades i've seen a lot of wrestling things get may get mixed up i may mispronounce things or misunderstand or mix up certain things but it's all meant in good nature to entertain you fans and i apologize if there are certain things that come off inaccurate i hope i'm i'm right 90 to 95% of the time. I'll take that batting average. But for the 5% I'm off, I apologize for you fans. And we'll correct it and correct it on the show so we all learn and grow together as the smart, devoted wrestling fan. Now, I am excited, fans, to bring to you the best promos of 2015. Now, part one and part two are going to have some great content. I think part one is a little bit heavier than part two as we break it down from beginning to the end of the year. For Daniel Bryan fans, 2015 kicked off in a rather disappointing manner as Daniel Bryan finally was entered into the Royal Rumble last year, 2015's edition, as the prior year resulted in Daniel Bryan not even being in the Rumble match itself, which we all know led to a debacle, an ending that resulted <laughs> with Batista getting booed, celebrating his victory of the Rumble. This year they got it right. They entered Daniel Bryan into the Royal Rumble match, but in disappointing fashion once again, he was knocked out midway through the match. Thus creating such a dark cloud in the arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I was there to witness it live and you could tell that there was such hatred and such disappointment in the air for Daniel Bryan being knocked out, let alone Roman Reigns winning the match. All of us knowing that would have to witness Roman Reigns in the main event of WrestleMania. Well, the night after the Rumble was the infamous major snowstorm in the East Coast that resulted Monday Night Raw being actually canceled as no one was allowed to enter the building. The arena was shut down and in a situation that's only happened a handful of times before, the WWE management had to change the format of the show creative reformat of the entire program to exclusively show interviews from the superstars themselves resulting from the Royal Rumble and for the first time ever in the history of Monday Night Raw replaying the 2015 Royal Rumble match itself the day 
after it aired on the WWE Network and on pay-per-view. And on this show, surprisingly, it was a decent show because it had some great promo segments from superstars, one of which was the man that was disappointed and disappointed many fans. The previous night at the Rumble, Daniel Bryan addressed the Rumble match itself. And this showed exactly why Daniel Bryan is, was, and is to this day one of the best baby faces in the WWE. Ladies and gentlemen, the man joining me right now is one of the most newsworthy superstars to come out of last night's Royal Rumble, Daniel Bryan. Hi, Renee. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So it was around this time last year that you and the WW Universe, you really banded together, created a little thing called the Yes Movement, which then brings you to WrestleMania and you win the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Tell me a little bit about what that run was like for you at this time last year. I mean, it was amazing. I have dreamed of being a wrestler ever since I was a little kid. And with that, when you dream of being a wrestler, you dream of main eventing WrestleMania. But that was never supposed to be me. The authority never saw that as, like, my position. You know, he's always too small. Oh, look at his face. Oh, whatever, you know. Uh, I didn't even get a chance in the Royal Rumble match last year. Mm -hmm. But power is never where it seems to be, you know. Like, the millionaires think they have the power. The billionaires think they have the power. Mm -hmm. But realistically, the people have the power and especially last year. Um, the authority didn't want to give me that opportunity, but the fans did, and they kept cheering, they kept yesing, they kept booing specific people, right? Mm -hmm. All to get me, so I would just have an opportunity at WrestleMania. And when I got that opportunity, I won, and it felt great, but not just because it was for me, it was a win for the fans, and that was awesome. So you do it, you win the WWE title, but then shortly after that, you're brutally attacked by Kane, injure your neck, you're put out of action for months, then forcing the authority to strip you of your title. I mean, what was that moment like for you? Uh, quite honestly, the whole thing was devastating. It's uh, when you dream of that for so long and you dream of this mountaintop and you get there and then all of it's just taken away from you, it's brutal. And not just that, I felt like I let down the fans because they're the one who put me there. And so, but you can't feel sorry for yourself. You just can't. Um, so ever since they stripped me of the title, I just had to change my state of mind. I had to be like, okay, I have to come back. I have to get healthy. I have to win the WWE World Heavyweight Championship one more time just for the people. So now you're, you're back on that track. That pass started for you last night at the Royal Rumble match. But you were eliminated pretty early on, and the WWE Universe was pretty upset about that. They're really disappointed. What's your reaction to their reaction? Um, the fans were definitely disappointed. They were disappointed that Roman Reigns won. I was disappointed that Roman Reigns won. Um, but not because it's Roman Reigns, but because it wasn't me. This entire time that I've been injured, I thought, okay, if I can get back in time for the Royal Rumble, I can win the Royal Rumble match, and then I can go on to main event WrestleMania again. And I thought, Brock Lesnar, what a perfect opponent, right? Okay, he is the guy. I never lost that title. I never lost it. And he's the ultimate Goliath, and I'm the ultimate David, and this is like a perfect story put on a silver platter. And I thought, like, man, this is my opportunity. But quite honestly, I failed, right? That's, that's on me. Um, Roman Reigns saw an opportunity, and he took it. I had the opportunity. I didn't take it. Now, granted, I didn't have The Rock helping me out. Granted, <laughs> WWE never fed me when I was a kid. 
But Roman Reigns took advantage of the whole situation. And if he can make the same sacrifices that I've made, make the same sacrifices that guys like Dolph Ziggler and Dean Ambrose have made, I have no doubt that he can put on a great match at WrestleMania in the main event against Brock Lesnar and, and just put on a show. Well, I mean, Roman Reigns is obviously going to have all sorts of obstacles in his path, but you have a very big obstacle in your path this Thursday on SmackDown. You're going to be facing Kane in a match that you've never been in, in one that he's mastered. You're going to face him in a casket match. How do you feel heading into that? I mean, a casket match definitely favors Kane. He's a monster. He's been in these kind of matches before. He's won these kind of matches before. But I'm not going to be denied. And quite frankly, after last night, I've got a smile on my face, but I'm mad as hell. I am. I'm mad. I am pissed off. Um, I'm going to do anything that my body, my heart can allow me to do because I need to end this with Kane. I need to end this whole thing, and this thing is going to end on Thursday for me to go on and be the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Well, thank you very much for taking the time and coming out here to Stanford, and best of luck to you on Thursday. Thank you. Another great promo was from the WWE champion himself, the world heavyweight champion of the biggest organization in sports entertainment, Brock Lesnar, was alongside his advocate, Paul Heyman, and they had a great promo that night as well, discussing their victory at the Rumble over John Cena and Seth Rollins and what lies ahead at WrestleMania. You know, Brock, Undertaker has made an entire career out of psychological warfare, mind games, intimidating his opponents to the point where they weren't able to perform at top level. It didn't seem to affect you, however. How did you overcome the intimidation factor of the phenom, The Undertaker? Same way I overcame all the odds that were stacked against me throughout my entire life winning an NCAA Heavyweight Championship, winning the UFC Heavyweight Championship, winning the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. I respect nobody. I respect no one at any time. I am the beast, Brock Lesnar. Plain and simple. Why did any of this surprise you? Why? Why, did, why was anybody so surprised about the result last night? John Cena, the, the, the face of a generation, so what? Seth Rollins, the future of WWE, so what? This is a once-in-a-lifetime athlete. There's no one, no one with the credentials that are carried and accomplished by Brock Lesnar. That's why I say his name that way. I don't just throw his name away like you do. Oh, it's Brock Lesnar. Ladies and gentlemen, Brock Lesnar. It's Brock Lesnar, because he's once in a lifetime, and what he brings into the ring at every single match that he has, that's why his matches are can't miss and must see, because there's only going to be a few times in anyone's life they get to see this athlete, a once in a lifetime athlete, compete. Of course, Mr. Heyman, I meant no disrespect to the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. So, Mr. Lesnar. You're now on a collision course with the man who won last night's Royal Rumble match. Roman Reigns will face you for the WWE World title at WrestleMania. Ooh, Roman Reigns. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Roman. Good for him. I hope he's up for the challenge because I am. I'm on a roll, baby. I'm like a steamroller. And when a steamroller's got 
momentum going. Look, get out of the way. Get out of my way, people. What else you got? What? WrestleMania. WrestleMania. What about WrestleMania? Can Roman Reigns stop your client, Brock Lesnar? No. Anything else? No, thank you. Thank when are you, you. going to talk to Roman? Uh, later on tonight. Here? Yes. Good. Maybe I can meet this guy. Then there was the closing promo of the show that, quite frankly, surprised me. Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar met face-to-face in a stare-down that, quite frankly, impressed me in terms of the promo skills of one Roman Reigns. Now, later in the year, it proved to be quite different with his tater-tot comment and all, but in the first half of the year, little specifically the first month of the year, January 26th, that special edition of Raw, Roman and Brock met face to face. I would like to start first with, excuse me. Congratulations. Thank you. You know I've always respected you. You know how much I respect your accomplishment last night. And with your kind permission, it's a little impromptu. Do you mind if I'm the one that asks the questions here tonight? With all due respect. I've got nothing to hide. Well, some would say that's your first mistake, but that's okay. Would you excuse me, please? Yes, Mr. Thank you. I, uh... I asked Brock about this before because we were listening to what you were saying. And I think you know this from the heart. I've known your family longer than you've known your family. I have known your father since I was a little kid taking pictures of him and his brother Afa as the WWE World Tag Team Champions, and I've always respected them. I took Yokozuna's first publicity pictures. I managed your uncle Fatu before he was known as Rikishi and was standing with him way before the show began in the Omni when he brought his two sons, Jimmy and Jay, down to the ring for the very first time and watched your cousins, now known as the Usos, climb to the top rope and deliver frog splashes on each other without ever entering a wrestling ring. Everything about your family is like a bird to air, it's like a fish to water. That it, It's in a Samoan's blood to go into the ring. I've known you since you were a little boy in Pensacola when your dad was wrestling in the arenas down there. And I'm awfully proud of you for what you accomplished last night. I respect it greatly. I also know Dwayne The Rock Johnson. But more importantly, The Rock knows Brock Lesnar. And here's a part of your family history that is not told down to the next generation. Because in 2002, The Rock ruled the roost around here. The Rock 
just like Brock is now, was the reigning, defending, undisputed WWE heavyweight champion of the world, laying the smackdown all across the globe. The one, the top guy. And everybody's fantasy was that was going to last forever. Until that fantasy ran up against the reality in a new guy, like you're the new guy, the next big thing, like I think you're the next big thing, in a rookie by the name of Brock Lesnar. And when that rookie Brock Lesnar got his hands on The Rock, Brock Lesnar took at will the WWE World Heavyweight Championship away from The Rock. Now, surely you remember their epic rematch on pay-per-view. You don't. You can't. Because The Rock never asked for a rematch with Brock Lesnar. Because one match with Brock Lesnar was all The Rock could handle. And that's the one thing I don't get that The Rock doesn't tell you what you're up against at WrestleMania. Why? A family member, your cousin, your uncle, again, with respect, your blood doesn't tell you not just who you're fighting, but what you're fighting. I get it. You're the one to beat the one in 21 and 1. My question, sir, Roman, with all due respect, how are you going to handle disappointing your family when you lose to Brock Lesnar because you can't beat Brock Lesnar? Not today and certainly not at WrestleMania. How are you going to handle that disappointment when you lose in the main event at WrestleMania? With all due respect, I'll answer that to Brock Lesnar. I know who you are. I know what you are. And I know exactly what I've signed up for. I don't think you do. I'm gonna beat you at WrestleMania. I'm gonna take that title. You know it. I know it. And if I can't, I'm gonna take a piece of you with me. And I believe that. And so should you.
Unlike him, I don't respect you. But you will. In a first here on Beyond the Bell, we're including a promo from an NFL athlete, or should I say NFL athletes, plural. The Indianapolis Colts celebrated their win in the playoffs with a Nature Boy promo a la the one and only Nature Boy, Ric Flair. I'm the Rolex man. Diamond ring man. was full of surprises one of which came on February 11th via Lucha Underground as Alberto El Patron made his debut and spoke his mind and the passion he displayed in that promo was tremendous and showed his interview skills only if another organization that acquired Alberto later in the year would do the same. But such a promo, February 11th, on Lucha Underground, from Alberto El Patron. Here we go. I knew it, I knew it, baby. There's only friends here tonight. And just because of that, I'm gonna get rid of all of this. That's right, you're free now, my friend. Do whatever you want. I don't have to impress anybody because all of you are my family. Mis amigos, chingao. And this is the best part. I'm finally here with all my friends in Lucha Underground. Because as you all know, I come from a Lucha Libre family. My legendary uncle, Mil Mascaras. El Psicodélico. And my father, my inspiration, the great luchador, Dos Caras. And amigos, they taught me, they taught me everything I know about this business. They taught me everything, the love, the respect, the passion, como decimos los latinos, la pura familia chingao. And of course, I love that name, Dos Caras Jr., every single day. But there was a place where I needed to go, a place that I needed to conquer. United States. And it was here, it was here, amigos, where I became a household name. I became an idol, an icon, 
for my people, la raza. Pero cuando volteaba, me apuñalaban en la espalda. They disrespected me, my family, and what I represent. And that's why I'm here. That's what I left. Last year in December, I became the first luchador ever to hold every single major title in North America. Why? Why I'm here on the ground? Why on the ground? I'm gonna tell you why, amigos. I'm here because I wanted to work in a place where the word equal means something. A place where they don't hang you back by the color of your skin. A place where they only hang you back if you don't get the job done, and baby Alberto, el patron always get the job done. So tonight, the revolution begins. And the revolution is Early in the year, I was traveling a lot for my actual day job, my professional job I have in human resources, and I was able to catch an edition of Monday Night Raw traveling. And so I was in my hotel room and I caught Paul Heyman addressing the WWE Universe about Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan, as the two of them would go head-to-head at Fastlane, in which the winner would take on Brock at the main event of WrestleMania. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman, and I have been authorized this evening to disseminate some information on behalf of the beast who imposes his presence upon you, Brock Lesnar. Now that's kind of the theme of tonight's sermon information because it's readily apparent to my client that this society no longer places any value on credible information look how far everyone has gone to crucify brian williams of nbc news for embellishing a story or two outright lying and yet Brian Williams is not the number one liar in the land. Brian Williams is a distant number two because the biggest liar in the land is a distinction that is held jointly by Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. You see, Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan are going to have a match. 
at WWE Fastlane. And the winner of that match goes on to get an opportunity for that championship against this beast at WrestleMania. And if either Daniel Bryan or Roman Reigns comes out here and says they actually have a chance against Brock Lesnar, then ladies and gentlemen, they're lying. They're lying to their families. They're lying to each other. They're lying to each and every one of you. And quite honestly, they're simply lying to themselves. Let's look at Roman Reigns, the baddest dude from the most feared tribe, from the most violent island in Samoa. And yet I stood two feet away when Roman Reigns looked eye to eye with Brock Lesnar and Roman, that yellow stream running down your leg was not pineapple juice. Come on, Roman, there's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing, nothing for you to sit here and hang your head down because you shouldn't be ashamed. It's a normal human reaction when you come face to face with the beast. And then, then there's Daniel Bryan. Yes, 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 yes. The tragic tale of the overachieving ultimate underdog who actually has lied to himself into believing he has a chance against Brock Lesnar. Ladies and gentlemen, let me make this simple for you. Look at Daniel Bryan and look at Brock Lesnar. Do you really think Daniel Bryan has a chance? I'm not just talking about the size difference because what Daniel Bryan lacks in physical stature as opposed to Brock Lesnar, he more than makes up for in in-ring ability, knowledge of submission wrestling, grit, and a pipeline to God because he's pulled more miracles out of his tuchus than my client and I have ever seen anybody pull off. But do you really believe that Daniel Bryan is the one to beat the one in 21 and one? Let me spell this out for you so that even you can understand this. It doesn't matter who wins at Fastlane. If it's Daniel Bryan, if it's Roman Reigns, the winner of that match should hop in a helicopter with Brian Williams and subject themselves to enemy fire because that enemy fire is a hailstorm in the form of an F5 because it's an F5 that's gonna take that chopper down straight into the middle of the ring at WrestleMania because that is the fate that awaits Daniel Bryan. That is the fate that awaits Roman Reigns. That's the fate that awaits any man that tries to take the championship away from the beast, the conqueror, the reigning, 
defending undisputed WWE heavyweight champion of the world, Brock Lesnar. Early in 2015, we saw the brotherly feud between Gold and Stardust that created such a rivalry that would call in their father, the American Dream, the late Dusty Rhodes, as he tried to get his sons back on the same page. We saw another classic promo by the American Dream. I have been where you're headed. It's a place you do not want to go, are you listening? Seriously. You guys know why I'm here, okay? You see, the Rhodes family is broke. I'm here to fix it. (laughs) Damn it, Cody, that's what I'm talking about. For weeks, your brother's been trying to get through to you. Well, I'm going to get through to you, because I'm your father. All the paint, all the galaxies, all the stars, everything that you look up to mean nothing. Mean nothing without family. Because let me tell you something. It's common blood here. Common blood. And no matter what goes down, I love you both. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go out there and show them what the Rhodes family is all about, okay? All right, stand together. Stand together. Another shocker in early 2015 was the arrival of the icon, Sting. And it would be announced that Sting would take on the game Triple H at WrestleMania. He debuted in the WWE at the end of 2014 at the Survivor Series, but wasn't seen for a while until early of 2015. The game and the icon would do battle at WrestleMania. But another legend decided to make an appearance on an edition of Monday Night Raw in February. The Nature Boy Ric Flair himself. As he came out to give a solid promo warning Triple H about taking on the Stinger. So many of his straight word on the street is now I'm afraid of Sting. <laughs> I find that laughable. Takes a lot more than some mind games. Couple of parlor tricks to get under my skin. The fact is that Fastlane, the unthinkable is gonna happen. WCW is gonna stand in the ring with the WWE. Sting, the icon, the franchise is going to stand in this ring and do the unthinkable. He's going to go face to face, eye to eye with the game, with the cerebral assassin, not the COO. surprise you ain't wrestling full-time you're an executive now you're running a company I want you to be who you are the best the game 
I don't want Sting to sneak up on you. That's all. And I respect that, Rick. And I know you've been in the ring with Sting a million times. I have. I know you have. And I mean this with all sincerity. I say this to everybody that asks. I am no Ric Flair. Nobody is. But here's the truth. When it comes to kicking Sting's ass, you are no Triple H. Then do me a favor. When I tune in Fast Lane Sunday night, don't let me see you sitting on your ass again, okay? Like you were last Monday. Fair enough? There is nothing outside of my wife and my kids more important to me than the WWE. If you think Sting is gonna ruin that for me, I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's you. If someone stands between me and this company, I am kicking their ass at Fastlane. I promise you, whether he goes on his own or whether I beat it out of him, Sting will never show his face here again. Another solid performer on the mic was Lucha Underground's Dario Cueto. He performed so well in Lucha Underground Season 1. We all know he's a professional actor, but his promos were great. And this is an example from February 22nd, an edition of Lucha Underground, as Dario gave you a tour of his temple. Ever since I was a kid, I told my father, I'm gonna set up my own Lucha League in America, and I'm gonna make it the best league in the world. It's full, sold out. You see all those people over there? Every one of them, money. This is the gym, this is where they train. It has everything you need to be the best fighter in the world. Weight, you have machines, you have water. There are towels somewhere. This is the dressing room of the guys. I try to keep it clean, organized. I'll show you the dressing room of the ladies. Nice, huh? They have all these girly things. They even have deodorant. Here we have a table for massages. We never use it. And this is the ring. It's made with leather from animals that have been sacrificed Aztec style. I can't tell you which animals they are because you're not ready yet. If you think it's too much, too aggressive, dangerous, change the channel. Or enjoy some other kind of wrestling from Connecticut. Now, we don't include many promo packages in our best of shows as. Sometimes I feel it's a standalone, it's a separate entity 
to actual microphone promos from superstars. But I had to include this one because it was done so well as the WWE took a special look at Sting. This package was so great, so well put together, and it, it featured some of Sting's greatest liners and promos. So I had to include it just for the fact alone that it was a Sting package on Monday Night Raw. Destined for superstardom. Without a doubt, the most popular athlete to ever compete on WCW. I was watching WCW for Sting in 1989. It was the reason I had a blonde hair flat top. It just caught on. Paint, the charisma. You are going to love this just as much as I am. Certain people come along at different eras that has it, and he was one of them. That all-American boy that she wanted to um, get behind. Man, has he got a legion of fans, young and old alike. This new golden boy. Sting is ready. He is ready for any and all comers. The match that he had with Ric Flair in the uh, first Clash of the Champions, that's the moment he became a star. I can think of only one better way to have fun. That's doing what I just did to the very best. Sting was the WCW brand through and through. There weren't a lot of guys with that combination of charisma and power and athleticism. The franchise here in WCW, and he has beat them all. He was a man. Quite simply, he was the man. This is where the big boys play, huh? The measuring stick just changed around here. The new... World order is taking over professional wrestling. NWO was a group of thugs. You had some of the biggest stars in the world. NWO was crushing everyone. Everybody in the world has bowed to the NWO. I think they can do whatever they want. Somebody's got to stop them. Wait a minute, what? This is eerie. They're sting up in the rafters, not saying anything. He kind of went dark on everybody. He went mysterious, you know? He'd have his baseball bat and his just long trench coat and his face painted black and white. And now all of a sudden, he's this Avenger. He was that one guy always against the NWO. And his charisma was so huge, he didn't need to say anything. He could say more with a look than people could say in a 10-minute interview. A guy like Sting was like your last hope. Okay, man, you're all we got left. I think that that just built to such a frenzy, so whenever he did anything, the people were out of their mind. Uh, when you uh, thought about the WCW, uh, you thought about Steam first. Hugely important to their success. The crowded jewel for WCW! He stayed true, stayed that hero throughout that whole period, which was really hard to do. That was the one thing that all diehard WCW fans had wasn't going to leave them. And he stayed there until they shut the door. And now, 14 years later, for whatever reason, Sting finally decides to take his shot. Oh, my God! It's Sting! Stinger strikes! 
Here comes Sting. The one guy you never thought you'd see here. Why? The challenge is clear. Sting and Triple H at WrestleMania. As we finally entered into March, the road to WrestleMania was getting closer and closer. Paul Heyman offered some advice to Roman Reigns. I came here tonight to the rancid city of Newark to set the record straight, to address the rumors and shoot from the hip. So here we go. Yes, it's true. My client, Brock Lesnar, will be at WrestleMania. Believe that. My client, Brock Lesnar, will be anywhere he damn well pleases before WrestleMania. My client, Brock Lesnar, will be anywhere he damn well pleases after WrestleMania. And he will be there as the undisputed WWE Heavyweight Champion of the World because my client, Brock Lesnar, will be the champion as long as he damn well pleases. See, that's your problem. You always buy into these fantasies. At WWE Fastlane, you bought into the fantasy of Daniel Bryan, the ultimate underdog. Oh, you had your hopes and your dreams and your fantasies pinned on Daniel Bryan, but deep down, you didn't believe that. Because if Daniel Bryan ever came up against my client, Daniel Bryan would be squished like a cockroach under the boot of Brock Lesnar. Everyone's buying into this whole thing with Roman Reigns. Oh, we believe that. You expect Roman Reigns to win. You think Roman Reigns is going to win. They have ordered all the confetti. They have ordered all the pyro. God is going to open up the heavens and shine down on WrestleMania. It's already booked by God himself. Why? Because we all believe that. You know who else believes that? Bruno Sammartino, Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, The Rock, Triple H, and John Cena last week. I said Roman Reigns against any one of them in their prime. Did Sammartino dispute me? No. Did Triple H dispute me? No. Cena, Austin, I know I left out Andre because he's dead, stupid. Not one man, not one man sent out a tweet, a Facebook post. Not one man disputed me. Why? Because San Martino on down the line believes that. That locker room back there, Roman Reigns walks down the locker room. They all walk to the side. Why? Because he's not some baby-kissing autograph-signing hero. No. He's a badass Samoan with a chip on his shoulder. And they believe that. You know why? Because that chip comes from the fact that Roman Reigns cannot beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. WrestleMania goes down one of two ways. One, I bet you thought I was going to use the other finger, didn't you? One, Brock Lesnar takes Roman Reigns apart. He viciously, violently, sadistically beats him down the same way he did John Cena at SummerSlam at the Royal Rumble. Two, Brock Lesnar simply run the Rouseys your ass. 
Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, you're gonna get your ass beat by Brock Lesnar. You're gonna get beat by Brock Lesnar. You're gonna get beat up by Brock Lesnar. You're gonna get hurt by Brock Lesnar. You're gonna get embarrassed by Brock Lesnar. You're gonna be emasculated by Brock Lesnar. You're going to be conquered, conquered, conquered by Brock Lesnar. Believe that! In the first quarter of 2015, we saw a WWE superstar make his debut on Impact Wrestling. The former Drew McIntyre, now Drew Galloway, made his debut in TNA on Impact Wrestling, and he vowed to stand up for professional wrestling. And we finally got a chance to see a different side of Drew, And he gave a solid promo to tell all to stand up. I am surrounded by wrestling fans. Not, not sports entertainment fans. Professional wrestling fans. You want to know why Drew Galloway is in TNA? It's simple. I'm here to speak up for those who are not been listened to. I'm here to stand up for wrestling. I am here to give the fans a voice. You're not just screwing with Lashley. You're not just screwing with Bobby Roode. What's your name? Rob. You're screwing with Rob. Anna! You're screwing with Anna. Ashley. Ashley. You're screwing with Ashley. You're screwing with everybody around the world. You're screwing with Drew Galloway. like you that disgust me in wrestling trying to dictate what people are going to watch trying to decide who the champions are when it's painfully obvious to the fans who it should be (laughs) professional wrestling should be decided by people in arenas like this people around the world for what a man can do in that ring And I'll be damned if you decide what's going to happen around here. Another breakthrough performer in 2015 is now the current ROH, Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, Jay Lethal, who did so much this past year holding both the World and World TV titles at the same time. But it was in March in which he held the world TV title and he responded to Cliff Compton in an excellent promo showing how much he'd grown and advanced over the past few months leading to his world title victory. Cliff Compton, listen up. Jay Lethal is talking to you. The Ring of Honor champion, the only champion that matters in Ring of Honor, he's talking to you. And I decided to make a little response to the video that you put out there. 
for the world to see. I hated everything about that video. Even the quality of the video was crappy. But what I did appreciate was you were sitting or kneeling or you were doing something in front of a little crappy television because you know that when you talk about Jay Lethal, the greatest wrestler on television, there better be a TV nearby. And hopefully in that TV was playing uh, the best of Jay Lethal that Ring of Honor just so happens to be releasing soon. And if you don't have it, I think you should pick it up. So thanks for making me feel at home by having a TV in the shot. Let me put something in the shot that you feel comfortable with. Let me make you feel a little bit more at home, Cliff. I'm gonna talk to you while standing in front of this garbage can. Something you're very familiar with. Cause Cliff, everything you do belongs in a garbage can. The words that come out of your mouth, the filth, the curse words, it's all garbage talk. You yourself belong in this garbage can, Cliff. Because the last time you were in Ring of Honor, you and your scummy group of friends, you tried to put an end to the company. Luckily, I was there. So you know what, I'm gonna accept your street fight in Chicago, but it's not for my Ring of Honor championship because that is what I hold. I'm the Ring of Honor champion. Most people are confused, they think I'm the Ring of Honor television champion. It's much further than that. I'm the Ring of Honor champion, the only champion that matters in Ring of Honor. And if you didn't believe that, Cliff, you wouldn't be coming after me. So like I said, I accept your challenge in Chicago. And Ring of Honor has deemed this a, 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 a not only is it a street fight, but it's a proving grounds match with instant reward, which means that if you somehow defeat me, you get a Ring of Honor shot. Well, Cliff, sadly that's not gonna happen because in Chicago, Jay Lethal longs with the House of Truth accepts your challenge. I'm pretty sure you know what that means. It was around this time that we found out that The Undertaker would return at WrestleMania after losing and ending the streak against Brock Lesnar. He would return to Mania to take on the new face of fear, Bray Wyatt. The Undertaker vowed to take Wyatt's soul, but the leader of the Wyatt family responded to The Undertaker in a great promo on the March 16th edition of Monday Night Raw. A memory is such a treasure. I remember the first time I ever saw Abigail sitting in that chair. She was so beautiful. Not just in her appearance, but in the things she said to me, and the way she spoke. She told me about all the lies that this rotten world had been feeding me my entire life. She taught me about people like you. Undertaker. Now, last week, you tried to use that memory against me. You tried to use this symbol to burn fear into my heart. The only thing you succeeded in doing was turning a chair into dust. <laughs> a 
here's the big question, dead man. Everyone's asking, what is left of you? Is it agony? Is it fear? Last year, we saw a broken street and a broken, empty soul. And now you're afraid to show your face. <laughs> because you knew that in that moment, the eyes of the entire world were opened. And they suddenly all felt shame at their nakedness. It's such a tragedy, really. What happened to you? Your destiny taken. It almost brought me to tears. <laughs> but this is all your fault. And now you're out of time. Your fate is sealed. WrestleMania will be your requiem, your final resting place. But it will also be my coronation. And I'm gonna make Abigail oh so proud of me. And she watches me destroy the mighty Undertaker and take my place, my rightful place among the gods. For the Undertaker, he is the watcher of the light and the darkness. But after WrestleMania, no one is safe. Behold the new face of fear. <laughs> On that same night, we saw a couple of other solid promos, one of which involved a man that usually he allows his advocate to speak for him. Brock Lesnar gave his unfiltered thoughts on his opponent at Mania, Roman Reigns. I was put on this earth to seek and destroy and to hurt people. Is that sadistic? Maybe to some people. Not to me. I enjoy it. It's what I do. That's why I'm here. What does WrestleMania mean to Brock Lesnar? It's a day that I get to show up, kick somebody's ass, and get paid to do so. The Undertaker takes on the Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar. This match is simply about the 21-0 undefeated streak of The Undertaker. The Undertaker did not stand a chance against me. Brock Lesnar! Third and five to The Undertaker! Brock Lesnar into the cover, hooks the leg, the streak is over! What do I think about the people that were disappointed that I beat The Undertaker? I, I don't care. Disappointment, surprise. <laughs> I love every minute of it. Here's my, here's my take on my contract with the WWE. There's one thing for sure. If I stay, 
I'll be WWE Champion. If I go, I will be WWE Champion. Roman Reigns is not gonna stand in the way of that. As a rookie, I came in here against The Rock and sent him to Hollywood. Then they put me against The Undertaker. I end the streak. SummerSlam, John Cena. I suplex his ass out of the main event. This is my world. I don't need to hunt. I need to defend. And if you think Brock Lesnar in hunt mode is crazy stay tuned for Brock Lesnar in defense mode. If there's one message I have for Roman Reigns, it's... You can think all you want that you can beat me. Dream, wish, because at WrestleMania, Brock Lesnar is gonna kick your ass. And it'll be unlike any other ass kicking that you've ever received. This isn't a fairy tale. There's no fairy tale ending. There's no happy, feel good moment. At WrestleMania, I am gonna up Roman Reigns. The end. Another promo that very night. It was a big night for promos. But this was a WWE Network exclusive. Sting spoke for the very first time on WWE television on Monday Night Raw. This wasn't shown on the USA version on TV. Rather than the WWE Network exclusive, Sting delivered a special message to Triple H. Sting spoke on a WWE microphone on March 16th, 2015. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome live to the WWE Network. My guest at this time, none other than the Viper, Randy Orton, and the Vigilante Sting. Randy, what an absolutely incredible goosebump moment on Monday Night Raw, you and Sting side by side in the middle of the ring, warding off the authority tonight. I know you're not really used to how things work around here, Sting, but I'm the kind of guy that doesn't need anyone to have my back. But that being said, I gotta admit, that was pretty damn cool. Sting, tell us about this moment here tonight, live on Raw. I've been waiting 14 years to get inside this ring right here. And it feels smoking good, by the way. And Triple H, I meant what I said when I told you somebody needs to take you down. And that's exactly what I'm gonna do at WrestleMania!
WrestleMania 31 was a solid show, capped off with a surprise ending in which Seth Rollins cashed in his Money in the Bank briefcase to pin Roman Reigns and win the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. The next night on Raw, we knew there was to be hell to pay for the previous Mr. Money in the Bank, now the World Heavyweight Champion, and Brock Lesnar demanded his title rematch against Rollins in a beastly way. My name is Paul Heyman, and I am the advocate for the most non-PG-ass kicker of the PG era, Barack So let's talk about it. Let's let's get it out of the way. What happened last night at WrestleMania? My client, as we told you he would do, laid a beating on a Samoan badass, the likes of which no one had ever seen before at WrestleMania. My client took his hands, put them on the number one challenger for the world title, and did nothing but suplex, 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 suplex him right through the canvas. Lesnar said, Suplex City. <laughs> so then Brock Lesnar got bored. Brock Lesnar was hungry. He wanted to go out for dinner. And Brock Lesnar says, Good night, everybody. Takes Roman Reigns up on his shoulders. F5. And here comes slimy, disgusting little Seth Rollins. Who cashes in money in the bank, makes it a triple threat, curb stomps everyone in sight, and scores a pinfall on the challenger, not the champion, and scurries away the most undeserving WWE champion of anybody's lifetime. I got this. You all know my father was a prominent New York attorney. And I have apprised my client of his legal rights that I can go to Sacramento, get an immediate injunction in the Seventh Circuit Court. I can have the decision reversed, 
Seth Rollins will no longer be the winner. I will tie WWE up in litigation for the next three or four months. Have the title held up. Unfortunately for me, my client Brock Lesnar thinks all lawyers are scumbags. And Brock Lesnar will not file an injunction, will not go to the Seventh Circuit Court, does not want to tie up WWE in litigation. My client Brock Lesnar wants to invoke his rematch clause. And ladies and gentlemen, I have been authorized to tell you that rematch will not happen at SummerSlam, will not happen at next year's WrestleMania, will not happen at Extreme Rules, will not happen at Payback. That rematch clause is being invoked right here, right now, tonight! It was around this time as well that we saw the return of Ryback, the rise of Ryback back to a babyface character. It was a long road for him, and on May 31st, another WWE.com exclusive, Ryback gave a passionate promo on what it took for him to get back to where he belongs. Tonight at Elimination Chamber, Ryback wins his first major singles championship inside the Elimination Chamber. Ryback, first of all, congratulations. This is 10 years in the making. Explain the emotion of this moment. You know, coming into WWE, 22 years old, thinking you have the whole world in your hands, essentially, and going from developmental territory to developmental territory, being released from the WWE, being told that you don't belong here, that you're not good enough to succeed here. Getting rehired by the WWE and suffering a couple major injuries and again being told you're never going to do this and yada, yada, yada. And eventually you get here and you come here and I had a hell of a debut and I came in strong and I tore through a lot of people. And then I got introduced to a harsh reality here in WWE and I, I got knocked down and I got knocked down a lot. And it was, it was a very difficult year and a half, two years of coming in and having a chip on your shoulder from everything that's happened to you and having some success and then eventually having that all taken away. And, uh, and throughout all of that, I never stopped. I, I say feed me more. I say start full and empty. And I worked harder than ever during that period. And what we are witnessing now is the rise of Ryback once again. Uh, I came in, I always said I, I had a cool sports car coming in and it got stripped down and I had, I had nothing but the frame and eventually they crushed that. I had to take a few steps back, I had to go home and I came back with a big tank and I'm, I'm running over people left and right now and they're not, gonna, they're not gonna tear the big tank down. It's to have the people receive me the way they did tonight and Daniel Bryan to hand over the Intercontinental Championship who, let's face it, Dan, you can't fill Daniel Bryan's shoes. He is one of a kind, and my hat's off to him, and I wish him the best. But tonight was truly the greatest moment in my career thus far, becoming the new Intercontinental Champion, greats like Bret Hart, British Bulldog, the bad guy, Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels, guys that I grew up liking as a little guy, the guys that I worshipped. 
So to have this title, it means the world to me. And I'm just gonna go out there each and every night and I say start full and empty. And what I mean by that is just leaving everything in the ring. I may not be the greatest technical wrestler, but I give you everything I have each and every night and my goal is to be the absolute best. And I can't wait, Monday Night Raw tomorrow, to look at the WWE Universe and say, feed me more. Thank you. Congratulations. In April of 2015, the WWE played around with the primetime players' impersonations. Yes, the PTP, the primetime players, reunited Titus O'Neil and Darren Young. And each week it seemed as if they decided to impersonate some superstars in the WWE. And one of the more entertaining ones was their impersonation of the New Age Outlaws and D-Generation X. Oh, you didn't know! You better tweet somebody! Tweet now, yeah, you know. Can, what I'm people right? don't call people nowadays. They tweeting, texting, and Instagramming. Now, before y'all think that we're poking fun at the New Age Outlaws, pump your brakes. We're just paying tribute to one of our favorite tag teams. Besides, Billy Gunn had that favorite entrance music of mine. It went like this: eh, 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 I'm in it. Shut your mouth. I'm just talking about Billy Gunn. Man, you about to get us fired, man. PG program. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the United States Treasury, in conjunction with the WWE, proudly presents to you the roughest, toughest, most entertaining tag team in the WWE today, and your future tag team champions of the world, Mr. No Days Off, Darren Young, the big deal, Titus O'Neil, the prime time player. I'll take it from here, big man. Now, if you ain't down with that, we got two words for you. One line, three words. Got it? Come on, say it with your chest. Now, if you ain't down with that, we got three words for you. Millions of dollars. Another breakout star in 2015 was Ethan Carter III, EC3. Produced some solid promos. And on an edition of Impact Wrestling, in March, March 24th to be exact, he declared or announced his hashtag EC34 champion campaign. Buttons and all, he was actually on the campaign trail trying to win an elected championship title match. A great concept, very unique, and EC3 pulled it off. If you feel my credentials are not enough, Let's take a look at the statistics because EC3 2015 is a grassroots campaign and we're going to start right here in Florida, baby. Watch as I become champion. Projected numbers are going to take place because unemployment will go down 79% while unmotivated children and lazy millennials will go down a whopping 67. I love this speech too. These United States will become Carter country. No longer red, no longer blue, golden, united as one. One star to represent 50. The hardcore American icon leading the charge.
as world champion. I will take this title worldwide. I will take this title, shoot it into space with myself, leading the charge. I will defend it in orbit. I will defend it on the moon. I will defend it on Mars. Martians, take notice. I'm coming for you. It's not about the head shave what I'm trying to accomplish, as much as this is about stripping the dignity of people that don't belong. The relationship between Rockstar Spud and I, I mean, it's, it's complicated. Um, he was originally brought to us as a hired hand, a chief of staff, sole job to appease my aunt, but along the way, we did kind of grow a kinship, a friendship. Um, but this is a business, and I'm a professional, and he failed. He failed at his job. He let my aunt go through a table. That's what it all stems from. He failed at the one thing he was supposed to do. And Rockstar Spud is not, it's not about me bullying him. Like, obviously there's a size discrepancy. I am a bigger, I am more powerful. I am 1%, he's 99%, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a platform for what I'm going to accomplish. Rockstar Spud is a blank canvas and I'm going to paint my masterpiece upon him. The following has been paid for by friends of Ethan Carter III. When was the last time someone so unique, so debonair, so passionate, and so rich was also so gracious, so philanthropic, and so kind? Never. EC3 has never been pinned and has never submitted. EC3 will forever be known for those two attributes because EC3 will never be pinned and will never submit. No one in history can make that claim. EC3 will not withdraw and EC3 will not quit. EC3 for champ in 2015. Don't worry, he's rich. I'm EC3 and I approve this message. Speaking of breakout performers, we talked about a few already, but these uh, these three superstars, this trio, shocked us all from taking a gimmick that everyone despised, turned it around and became one of the most entertaining combinations in professional wrestling today. The New Day, on April 26th, became new tag team champions. So we have new tag team champions here at Extreme Rules. Uh, new Day, minus a little uh, bump in there with Dean Ambrose. You're the champs. How you guys uh, feeling? How do you think we feel? Look at us. We look great. We feel great. We just won a hell of a match. Wow. This is uh means a lot to me because this is my first championship gold here in WWE. Numero uno, son. Bron, sort of flattened pennies, kind it's of, but good. I mean they're good. It's all good. But this is amazing because we won these championships. The new day. New champs. <laughs> say it. Say it. Say it. It's not Tad. I'm Tom. It's Ted, what, what, whatever. Ted, new Ted, new Ted, champs. Whoa. New day. New champs. Listen to me right now. If you don't say this like you mean it, then we're gonna have a problem. New day. New champs. Here we go. Now clap some with us. Yeah, come on. I'm holding a microphone. Clap. Hit it. There it is. Feels good. You can do better than uh, this, man. Come on, enthusiasm. Tad. 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 Tad.
during the Hall of Fame ceremony, we got a little taste of Maria Menounos channeling her inner Dusty Rhodes. And on March 29th, she did it once again. This was before the untimely passing of the, of the American Dream. But that, in a sense, makes this even more special as Miss Menounos pulls off what it's like to go through hard times. I don't have a whole lot more to say about the way I feel about Ric Flair. No respect. No honor. There is no honor amongst thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around the country are out of work. They got four to five kids. They can't pay their wages. Can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them to go home. Hard times are when a man has worked a job for 30 years, 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt, and they say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard times. That's hard times. And Ric Flair, you put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. We all had hard times together. And I admit, I don't look like the athlete of the day supposed to look. My belly's just a little big. My hand is a little big, but brother, I am bad, and they know I'm bad. And there are two bad brothers out there, John Wayne, and he's dead, and the other one's right here. Another duo to take over the hearts of the WWE Universe was in the WWE, but in their developmental system, NXT, Enzo Amore and Big Cass combined together to create such a shtick to go over not just with the Orlando crowd but it carried over into Philadelphia as well they were so good that you can't teach that
Me and Big Cass, we were as close as Siamese twins. Twins. To becoming number one contenders for the NXT Tag Team Titles. And told them to cheat your rules. Cheat your rules. Came in and caused us our first loss. But it's all right. We'll bounce back. It's because we're stars. We take media showers. Media showers. They don't. And as it goes for you two, yeah. it looks like you've been hitting the local taco stand <laughs> a little bit too much as of late. And I ain't talking the hard type. I don't. Scott Dawson, what, what, you coming out there week after week are? dressed like a mechanic? Like what you look I like. wouldn't let you fix my car ever. The only thing you're fixing is fixing to get your teeth knocked down your throat by me and Enzo. What kind of talk? Shut up, that? Enzo. And Alexander like the Big Mush Rusev. Big Mush, Coming dude. out there breaking boards. When you should be worried about it. breaking your... Shut up. When you should be worried about breaking your mother's heart. She raised a good, wholesome, it. young boy. You're coming out there with no shoes on. You got no shirt on and you're wearing a, yeah, a skirt. Mush. I get it. He's the big mush, yeah. You get what? You know, the, he's got no shoes on either. He needs to put some shoes on. But listen, I get it. Okay. We all he ain't eating hard tacos. They've been filling their throats with S-A-W-F-T soft tacos, bro. I understood what you said. Yeah, it wasn't that hard. Sometimes I worry about you, Enzo. What do you mean? Why are you worried about Sometimes me? Sometimes I worry. But why would you worry about me? Sometimes I worry about you. This past May on NXT, a lot of ground was broken. Even more so that they created a show called Breaking Ground covering NXT. But so much happened with the NXT brand. It has become so popular. Some say it's even better some say, most say, that it's even better than the current WWE product on the USA Network. NXT is what wrestling should be, in my opinion. And in May, we saw the debut of a former TNA star, Samoa Joe, made his debut in the WWE on NXT, and he made a bold statement after NXT Unstoppable. <laughs> So this is NXT. Now you see, I've always made it a point to compete in the hottest promotions in the world and everywhere I looked and everyone who asked told me one thing Joe if you want to do what you want to do if you want to be with the very best and the most hungry and the most vicious violent and excellent pro wrestlers in the world then you come to NXT And if tonight is any indication of the competition I can expect, well, rest assured, Joe is happy and Joe is here. Yeah. 
so consider this your warning. I am Samoa Joe. I am pro wrestling, and I am now here in NXT. Like I mentioned at the top of our show, I've been watching a lot of New Japan as well. And one of the biggest groups, if not the biggest in New Japan, was and is the Bullet Club. They had some excellent promos, let alone promos, but excellent wrestling storylines slash angles. You name it, these guys could do it, whether it's having their own podcast, entertain the fans around the world. Or their witty comments on Twitter and Facebook, the Bullet Club is over. From the former Fergal Devitt, Prince Devitt, moving on to Finn Balor in NXT, to the new leader, AJ Styles, from we all know at the early part of 2016 what happened, but we won't cover that here. We're talking 2015, the Bullet Club became over, capital O-V-E-R, yes, over in 2015. And in one of their better promos of the year, they stated they were coming to take over at Global Wars on iPay-Per-View. Ring of Honor? Ring of Honor All-Stars? More like the Ring of Honor piece you got the Briscoe Brothers. You guys. Is that what their names are? That's not like that. Briscoe Brothers, Roddy Strong, and two bearded fellows. I don't even know who they are. This is like, this is like a squash match. We got the superstars, the beasts, the bullet club versus a bunch of job guys. The fact that, you know, Ring of Honor wants to make money on the back of the bullet club. Yeah. That's what this is all about. Yeah, they want to sell so our we're doing we're shirts. shirts. We're doing everybody else. I think we always do. We destroy the Ring of Honor guys. We're basically coming to Toronto to beat the shit out of you. And we're taking over the ring of honor. And that's just too sweet! This WWE superstar made his debut a couple months prior in NXT and took the WWE Universe by storm. The former Kevin Steen, now Kevin Owens, won the NXT Championship this year was propelled to the main roster within just months and had his big win, his first match victory over John Cena. And WWE.com had an exclusive interview that just gave us all a taste of what Kevin Owens can bring us on the main roster. I don't know, there's a lot of emotions. You know, when you're told that uh, you can't do something for long enough, Usually it weighs on your mind, and it did weigh on my mind, but the thing is I knew they were all wrong, the people that said that, you know? There were teachers in school, there were people in high school who now, you know, send me messages to say how proud they are of me, but... uh, And tonight I literally just proved all of them wrong, and that's the best feeling. It's the greatest night of my career, there's no doubt about that. When I say I'm going to do something, I deliver. When I got to NXT and I said I was going to win the NXT title, I delivered. 
When I said I was going to take out Sami Zayn, I delivered. And when I said I was going to leave John Cena laying in the middle of the ring at Elimination Chamber, I delivered. I spoke to my son, who, uh, like pretty much every other kid that watches WWE, is a huge John Cena fan. He's a kid. He's a kid. And uh, when we talked, all he could say was, Daddy, how's, how's John? Is he okay? Is John Cena all right? And you know, I, I get it. Because he's been watching Cena for years. But just because I understand doesn't mean I think it's okay. See, because it's, it's not his fault, it's not my boy's fault, because what it is, is blind worship. Spurred on by the fact that for the last decade, John Cena has been portrayed as a living, breathing, real-life superhero. No, no, but think about it. Think about it. The bright colors, the powerful catchphrases, hustle, loyalty, respect. Never give up. You know what? While I traveled the world for over 10 years, owning my craft in hopes of one day making it to WWE, my son was being influenced by John Cena. That's when John Cena became the hero to my son that I never got the chance to be because I wasn't featured on WWE television every week. If I say or if I wear the words never give up, not only am I telling the truth, but I am encouraging young and old all alike like that person right there to do the exact same thing. And by the way, you keep fighting and you never give up. You understand that? And that's for me. Three words. You would be amazed, Mr. Owens, at how those three words can affect people's lives. It would be like working day in and day out for a decade, trying for an opportunity, being told time after time, you're never gonna make it, but still scratching and clawing, and finally the day comes when opportunity knocks, and you don't just answer the door, you kick it down, you raise your hand, and you say, the champ is here! And that is exactly what happened to you, Last night, Kevin Owens. Do you see the three words that define the life journey of Kevin Owens are not fight, Owens, fight. And this one is going to be a tough pill to swallow, Holmes, because the three words that define Kevin Owens are never give up. A bit of advice, man to almost man.
think before you speak because you just said you deliver on every promise, but in two weeks at Money in the Bank, you are gonna have to explain how a really good wrestler couldn't deliver on a promise because he got his ass kicked by a real man. Now to me, we're gonna wrap up with the best promo, I believe, throughout the entire year of 2015. And it wasn't really meant to be a promo. And it came from one of the greatest promo men, promo stars in the industry throughout the, its entire history. This took place on the Stone Cold Podcast with Paul Heyman, in which Mr. Heyman, the advocate for the beast, made a statement in which he suggested the rattlesnake to take on the beast incarnate. And from right at that point, like a switch, the interviewer, Steve Austin, turned into Stone Cold and he gave one of the best promos, if not the best promo of 2015. What a great way to end part one with hearing a 2015 version of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Would you like to fight Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 32? If I was going to fight Brock Lesnar, I'd beat his ass. And you know that as well as I do, Paul. You sit there with that little grin on your face. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to, but I think we, I think you know how this is going to go down. Well, I mean, which, and shouldn't it, though? The toughest SOB in WWE history versus the baddest dude on the planet. And I don't know if you've heard this, but WrestleMania 32 is in your home state of Texas. Now, where better than to have the rattlesnake against the beast, but in Texas with 100,000 people? You know, obviously, that'd be a great place to settle a score. And, uh, you know, I, here's the thing, you know, I'd have to think about it. You know, but I think the person who'd really have to think about it would be Brock Lesnar. Because I don't think that he'd want to take all the momentum, all the good stuff that you guys have done, and then to roll into 105,000 people to Texas Stadium, AT&T, Cowboy Stadium, whatever you call it, we should call and get him. his ass smoked. Why don't we call him? Call him. I'm going to call him. I got his phone number, too. I'll call you know, him. And, and, of course, I, I had to have my phone. And, look, just so you guys could see, my phone was off because, you know, people All you would do is turn me. the damn silencer off. Paul, well, I, I, I would open up a can of whoop ass on Brock Lesnar's ass. You, you know it just as, as well as you're sitting right in front of me. It's been great talking to you. Uh, Can we make it happen? Well, we could discuss it. I think we should. We should negotiate this. Should we go talk to Vince about it? I, I, I would have three words for you. I don't, not two words. Oh, for here you. we go. There we go. <laughs> it's probably okay, a text when from someone's Brock. phone goes off at a podcast, <laughs> that means you owe the whole crew here a beer. I don't, I, I don't drink. Okay, you got to buy me a beer. You have three words for it. I'll give you those three words. And, and I'm not saying the match is going to happen, but the, the, only way, the only way that that match uh, could ever happen, if all the stars in the universe lined up, and to, to build that match, to go to Dallas, Texas, my old stomping grounds, hell, I went to college 30 miles from there. I drove down to the Sportatorium to watch the Bionics fight the Freebirds at the Sportatorium. Pro wrestling. Okay, here we go. Is that him? Uh, no, it ain't. No. Pro wrestling, damn it. Fire all the writers. And <laughs> it's from a writer. <laughs> I'm talking about the... I'm not kidding either. I'm it's talking about the, the biggest damn match you just brought up, and you're talking about firing writers. I'm talking about a Texas death match. Okay. You want a headline for WrestleMania? That would be the match. Do I want to go out there and get into a scientific scuffle with another human being built like Brock Lesnar? You might as well put bolts on the side of his neck because the guy's like Frankenstein walking down the street. I have tremendous respect for his ability in the ring. 
the level that he's uh, advanced to, uh, and just his freaky accomplishments in life in general, UFC, WWE. But make no mistake about it, Paul, if he was to stand across a squared circle from Stone Cold Steve Austin, you're getting a nice guy right here. Because it's funny doing the Stone Cold podcast. You know, this is basically a Steve Austin show. I actually have a sense of humor. I laugh about things. But if you're going to start poking Stone Cold, well, then you're poking the wrong some bitch. And I don't give a rat's ass if it's Paul Heyman, if it's Brock Lesnar. If you start messing with Stone Cold, you're not going to like what you get uh, back. And that's about as easy as I can put it because I'm getting a little ramped up right now just looking at you, sorry ass. I'm just an advocate. Well, you're advocating. I'm advocating. You're about to advocate an ass whooping, and your man ain't here to prevent that ass whooping from happening. <sighs> Who's your next guest, by the way? I don't give a damn. I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you. And I'm looking forward to your next podcast. It's been a damn good time having you. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an option. There ain't no windows or stairs for me to throw your ass through. I could leave. That'd probably be the best damn thing you could do. Well, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed talking to you. Up until about two minutes ago. Yeah. Okay. I want to know, before you leave, Paul, uh, it was good talking to you. I appreciate everything you you did for my career. Uh, Thank you. I'm about ready to drink a cold beer and kind of chill out and think about this. Okay. And that's the bottom line because I said so. My guest has been Paul Heyman. He's about to ride off into the sunset. I want to thank every single buddy who tuned in to the WWE Network to watch us come here live from San Antonio, Texas. My old stomping grounds, the Brooklyn Skull Ranch, 75 miles due south. It feels good to be here. I'm glad to be back on the WWE Network. And that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. Oh, hell yeah. Well, Beyond the Bell fans, that wraps up part one of the greatest promos of 2015. We'll cover the second half of the year next week on Beyond the Bell. So that wraps up this returning edition. We're back in 2016, and I promise you, we got great content for you coming up. We have the Stone Cold Chronicles continues. The Horseman Files will move on. We ramp up to WrestleMania. Have some great WrestleMania content for you fans. So we're going to take it home with our best debut theme of the year as my typical pattern for these shows is for the best of, you know, the best promos of the year editions. I like to go back to some of the debuting themes of that year and what I found to be one of the better ones. So I chose two themes, one for this part one and one for part two. So we're going to take it home with Kevin Owens' theme. He debuted earlier in the year. Such a solid theme from his debut match against C.J. Parker. Now Juice Robinson in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's doing great, but he took on the former Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens, in his debut match in NXT and from that initial riff, from those initial five seconds of the song, I got goosebumps. You could tell this was a big star from the fans' reaction all the way through. Kevin Owens' theme were one of the best two of the year. So fans, until next week, go to btbcast.com, follow all of our archive shows, and we'll have some more information 
on the future of ringannouncing.com. We're getting back on Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. Any questions, send it to me at beyondthebell at btbcast.com. And we'll take it home this week with some KO. So, fans, until part two, this is your old school party hill, Sean Beckerman, signing off. As always, into 2016, especially, stay old school, my friends.